Blog Talk Radio. In a country barreling towards a crucial election while facing a pandemic, a liar in chief, fake news, and murder hornets, this is the last 100 days. Dun, dun, dun. Welcome, dun, everyone, to the Last 100 Days podcast. It is Monday, September 14th, 2020. We are on day 50 and counting down to the 2020 election. I'm your host, Scott Fullerton. Joining me, as always, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday is my co-host, actor and advocate, Mr. Michael Vega. Michael, how are we doing, buddy? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, spent the weekend, uh, you know, uh, trying to get rid of all the smoke I've inhaled lately, but uh, feeling much better now. Yeah, West Coast is still on fire. Fire, fire. But it's yeah, not climate I, change, I, according to the president today. Climate, it's going to get cold <laughs> soon, he says. He says it's oh, going to get cold okay. very, very soon. In California? So, yeah. Okay. Um, sure, I'll get my uh, my ski boots ready. <laughs> he just doesn't understand what climate change is is part of the problem. Uh, Absolutely. Climate mean, change doesn't mean I, that it doesn't get colder, it doesn't get hot, it means that it gets colder longer and hotter longer. But uh yeah, and he's he's sure that greater. he's gonna prove it's wrong because it's gonna get cold in California eventually. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he does not understand the difference between uh, he doesn't understand climate change. I mean, it's 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 a, a much grander. It's it's a, such a it's a bigger scope than I think his tiny mind can really grasp. Um, you know, to see the differences over the course of the years. You know, storms coming with more frequency and, and greater degrees of intensity. I mean, I, I don't think he can wrap his little mind around that. Um, exactly. You know, his idea that we should that we could just rake our leaves in our forests here and that that's the problem and what i'd love people out there to know who don't know that in california it is not our forest per se and trees and leaves on the on the ground that are on fire most of california is filled with with grassy lands right and due to climate change these lands we get less rain and it becomes drier and drier so these grasses uh, uh, you know uh, get very very dry so that's when you see you know, California hills and stuff of these nice, beautiful golden color. Yes, it's, it's dried out grasses and shrubs and things like that. And that's what catches fire. That's what's very easily, uh, uh, you know, uh, flammable. So unless he, uh, well, maybe he'll suggest that we just mow the entire state, right? We should just mow the whole thing, <laughs> have every bit of grass and, you know, anything that could dry out and be flammable, we should just, you know, get on that now. Let's see if, uh, you know, those mowers will come along with the ventilators we were promised. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's just a little crazy. I mean, it's uh, California. I mean, there's always been fires in California. It's not even fire season yet. Fire sure. season comes in November. I mean, I remember yeah. when I lived in California, um, back here in Ohio, we have the four seasons of spring, summer, winter, fall, right? In California, yeah. it was always uh, rains, mudslides. Floods and construction, fires and construction. So it's like that was the four seasons of California. Exactly. 
Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, do we have do we have our cold areas? Sure. You know, we have snowy peaks up in the mountains and stuff. But I mean, we're one of the most uh, our our geographically diverse states in, in the union. So yeah, we get some pretty dry, dry areas. And yeah, we do have fire season. Some fires uh, serve a purpose to get rid of brush. But you know, at, at this point, they they become uncontrollable. And right, and, and that whole is, yeah, that whole raking the forest thing. I mean, California <laughs> lands only three percent are owned by California. The rest are private hmm. owners or federal land. Fifty percent of it's federal land. So he's talking yeah. about it not being raked or whatever. Hey, it's your federal government, buddy. Get out the rake and get out there with your little fat ass. <laughs> uh, I don't uh, <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh, it's um, a little ridiculous. I don't see, yeah, I don't see any raking in my future. My sciatica can't take it. Exactly. I, I I had to just cleaning out my car from the rain the other day killed me. So I'm not doing that. I I can't bend over for long times at a time. So I hear you. I did. What is it with? What is it with age? I I literally yesterday awoke out of bed and. And turned to see what time it was, and I, I guess I turned too fast for my aged body, and pulled a little something in in my back. Now it's not terrible. Don't but you hate that? It, I, I thought, Where does that yeah, come from? I, just, I don't understand. I the, yeah, I just looked to the right. That's all I did. I didn't, wasn't, I didn't even lift anything. I barely even lifted my head from the pillow. I'm telling you, it's a little crazy how your body decides to just change for no apparent reason. Like okay, <laughs> that that little part of my body that's hurting right now was never there before, or never acted up yeah. before. Where did you come yeah. from? Don't understand. And then you, just, you accept, you just accept it. You're like, okay, this is where we're at. <laughs> right. Well, hopefully we get these fires under control. I mean, they are a horrible thing that's happening. Um, they, I told, as I said off air, Portland has the number one. Uh, worst air quality in the entire world today. Um, they're fired oh up gosh. there, and of course, our Tuesday Thursday co-host Brandon lives up there. California mm-hmm. on I think Friday or Saturday had the most devastation loss in one day, something like two hundred and sixty square miles, two hundred sixty thousand square miles or something of oh land. So it's it's not fun, that's for sure. So we got to kind of hope we get. It. Get a hold of it and get it done, and it's tough on the firefighters too. I mean, that's you only do this stuff for so long, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, the resources are running thin, and that's why we are the United States of America because you know we're a union of, of states that are supposed to be helping each other, and and a, a government that's supposed to be helping every single state in the union. That's what it was sounded on. Right. That's what it should be acting as now. Exactly. But we have a divider in chief instead of a uniter in chief. So uh, until this election changes, it's not going to get any better, I'm afraid. Oh, so, uh, gosh, no. Well, there's so many things to talk about. Where should we start? I mean, we're still talking about this book, Rage, from. Uh, Robert Woodward, Bob Woodward, he was on mm-hmm. 60 Minutes last night, gave a little more information to us. I mean, you have to understand that there was 18 interviews, nine hours of audio tape that he has on him, 
And we've basically heard six minutes of it, right? <laughs> we haven't heard too much of it yet in the last week. So who knows what else is going to come out. Um, he did share a little bit more last night on the 60 Minutes interview that he, um, Trump had called him in mid-August last month when he heard the book was coming out in September and said, asked him what the book was, how it looked on him. And Woodward was on and said, you're not going to like some parts of it and everything. And uh, you're not the coronavirus we'll talk about. He says, well, you know, I did the best job that could be done for that. And he was still up to last month saying that he was doing the best that anyone would have ever done about coronavirus. So he's still denying the entire thing. Well, how I just don't understand. Say that was? I think it was 18 interviews and about nine hours of tape total. Um, not all okay, the interviews were Okay, so we heard six minutes. Tape. I think. Yeah. So, but I think you know, out of nine hours, it's probably eight and a half of him patting himself on the back of how great he probably is and how he, you know at the least. first thing is you know in all time best president, best nominee, best you know best in show right. for eight hours. So. But I, I just don't understand, though. The thing that worries me and the thing I don't understand is we have this come out saying that he lied about the coronavirus, that he knew it was airborne, that he knew it was a lot deadlier than everyone thought. That came out last week, right? And what happened this weekend? He has 5,000 people running to his um, little thing in, in near Reno, Nevada, not wearing masks all standing right next to each other, 5,000 people in one outdoor arena. And then yesterday in Vegas, at least that number in an indoor arena, not wearing masks. These guys, I don't, I don't understand the mindset of people that don't care if they get sick or if they get others sick. It just is not in my understanding. Uh, absolutely. I, I cannot, I get, you know, death cult. That's the only way, you know, most of them are just waiting for the rapture anyway. So why not? Why not get it going? I mean, that's the only thing I that I can use to explain it. I mean, it, it's clearly not politically motivated. That's for sure. I mean, what were they talking about? Obama and Hillary, their death panels for health insurance. They have their own private death panel. Just go to a Trump rally. You got all the panels you want right there. <laughs> It's just insane. Went to a Trump rally. All I got was this death virus. Ooh, that's a T-shirt. We need to make that T-shirt put up there quick. I like that. That's a good one. That is funny. I like um, that a lot. Yeah. Now he's trying to uh, negotiate. Uh, what was I just read a story about him. Uh, he'll try to negotiate a third term. Like He's still at this, this idea that that not only will he get elected, that he deserves a, a, a third term. Yeah, that's one of the things he said at one of these rallies. And that was one of the things in Michael Cohen's book the week before. Like I said, we had a mm-hmm. triple whammy of books about how idiotic this guy is. But Michael Cohen says he's not even kidding when he says these things. He doesn't have a sense of humor. <laughs> he seriously thinks he should get a third term at least because mm-hmm. he was so treated so unfairly during his first term. So he thinks he should be able to negotiate himself into a third term. How do you negotiate against the Constitution? The guy is just an idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. But well, he I mean, they that- haven't held they, they haven't held him to upholding. You know, he when you're sworn in as president, you uh, you take an oath to uphold the the Constitution. Well, they haven't upheld 
you know, his his upholding that oath. So why should they why should they start now? You know, he's been able to right. sit this all over it for for nearly four years. Like, well, of course he's going to try and negotiate a third term. You know, this is where my head is at. It's like, oh, of course it's going to. That's what he's thinking. Of course that's what they're going to do. Like, it's it's exactly. no surprises anymore. <laughs> hey, by the way, listeners, if you want to call in, we'll take your calls, and you don't be, have to agree with Absolutely. us. You can disagree. We will politely disagree with everybody. Three uh, call phone number is three four seven nine eight nine. Zero one two six three four seven nine eight nine zero one two six. You can call us live now for about the next forty five minutes. If you have anything that you want to go over, if you agree with us on something, if you disagree with us on something, if you have a topic of your own you want to bring up, go ahead and give us a call. We're we're willing to chat, right? Absolutely. Keep it cute, no nastiness. No, that will not be accepted. There you go. Speaking of which, you see that Joe Rogan has offered to put up a four-hour solo debate of Trump versus Biden. Oh my God, uh, I did not see that, and I adore Joe. I, he's such a he's a smart, smart person. Such a great. Uh, he, I don't, if anyone out there hasn't uh, listened or watched his podcast, I watch the, his little uh, videos on YouTube all the time, and he's he's so good in 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 conversation in debate. You know he he's such a great listener, and I I can't gush enough about him. So tell me uh, what I tell me all about it. Well, supposedly he was talking to some other guy on his podcast the other day, and he said, and he just kind of put it out there, just talking matter of fact. This other guy says, I would mm-hmm. love to see a four hour debate between Trump and Biden. Said I would moderate it, but I'd want to have it in a closed room, no audience. I want it live stream so nobody can make things up and say things that people aren't hearing. I want it to go the entire time live, and I think that would be great. Um, Of course, he's not the biggest fan of Biden. He's not anti-Democrat or anti-Republican, but he's not a fan of Biden, and he doesn't think Biden has the stamina to do it, which he probably doesn't, to be honest. But um, he he says it's probably not going to happen. But, of course, Trump jumped on it right away on Twitter and said, I will, I will. I'll do it. Now, Biden will never agree to it, of course. But it is an interesting concept because I do like him overall. Um, He can be annoying sometimes, but I think he does speak the truth. I think he is pretty fair in most things he says, Um, things that he he has some comedy on both sides against um, both Mm -hmm. sides of the aisle and in life situations in general. So I think he'd be a pretty good good debate moderator. Well, you know, no matter who he has on there, and I've seen, you know, everything from, you know, musicians to uh, actors to, you know, political people. And even when he debates, it's, well, he's not just flying by the seat of his pants. You know, he right. takes the time to to listen and to weigh. And you can see even in his answers are well thought out. And they're never, you know, he'll admit first thing when he's wrong or if he's gotten a new piece of information that uh, changes how he thinks, you know, like, like an intelligent human should. So, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter to me whether he likes Biden or not. I think he would be a, a wonderful moderator. Right. So not going to happen, and but I just he, like it. I think it's kind of, yeah. but do you really think, I mean, Trump's jump on it. Do you think he jumped on it just to, uh, as a show of bravado, 
Like, <laughs> I'll do it. But do you really think he would? Given, given that it's in a room, no audience, there's nothing for him to be a showman over, just sitting with, you know, Rogan and, and, and Biden, um, you know, because Rogan's not going to, Rogan's not going to be his bitch on air. Totally not. I mean, right. he's not going <laughs> to. So, no, I think Trump would like to try it. I, I think he would screw up royally after about minute 103 or uh, mm-hmm. about an hour and three minutes into it. I mean, that's one thing I will say for Trump. I mean, and I don't have too much positive to say about the man whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But for his age, he does have remarkable stamina. I mean, he's up all the time. He seems like he needs very little sleep. Um, he doesn't make sense when he talks, but he talks. He can ramble out stuff all day long. Um, I don't think it's an incoherence. I just think it's – well, I guess it is incoherence. But um, I don't well, I mean, think it's uh, like a mental acuity. I just think he speaks out of that, and so he doesn't know what he's saying. But um, but that's one thing I will have to say for Trump. He could probably get through a four-hour debate. It would be nonsense after the first 45 minutes to an hour and three minutes. But uh, he could probably get through it all. I don't think Biden have you, could get through the entire thing. Maybe not, but have you ever done Adderall? I mean, <laughs> it would make it very <laughs> easy for him. Darling, there you, go. you know, I I, I'm like no, it. I'm no user, but I'm no, uh, I'm no angel. And yeah, one Adderall and he, he'd be good for hours. <laughs> how do you think he just, how do you, how do you think he manages to do it now? He, yeah, he already, uh, Trump has already said he wants to drug test the thing because he thinks that Biden's on an enhancing drug that keeps him alert. So I think that's pretty funny. Um, well, yeah, we'll because, that. I mean, always accuse your opponent of what you're doing, right? So that's why he made that accusation. Right. <laughs> accuse, accuse them before they accuse you. Boom. He oh, well, he's the biggest he's projector drugs. on earth, right? That's all he does <laughs> is project what he feels about himself on everybody else. I mean, that's been obvious from the yeah. start. So, right. yeah, definitely. You know, that's part of the fascism playbook right there. He read the book well. He read that book really, really well, and I have to give him that. I think he did read at least one book cover to cover. Right, right. Uh, or he listened to the book on tape. I don't know if I'd say he read it. He might have listened to the book on <laughs> well, tape. <laughs> or maybe somebody read it to him, you know, in there Russia while he, was getting, while he was getting peed on. Right, right, exactly. A bedtime story in the Russian hooker room. I like it. <laughs> Anyway, off of that. We have a bevy of topics we can go to today. We have this um, nut job, uh, Michael Caputo, that's a a spokesperson for the CDC. We can talk about the appeals court um, letting the Trump administration terminate humanitarian protections for 300,000 immigrants. We can talk about where the polls are going. We can talk yeah. about the uh, Pennsylvania. Where do you want to go? I'm there for any of it. Uh, let, let's start with Caputo. All right. Well, this guy is just a bonehead waiting to happen. Um, I don't know where he came from. He was part of the Trump election campaign back at, back in 2016. I honestly don't know where he came from. I don't know what his background is, to be honest. But he's been a mm-hmm. pro-Trump guy the entire time, right? In fact, yes. 
um, he was he was assigned to be he is the actual communications director for the CDC. He was hired by Trump for that federal position, right? And mm-hmm. just to know where he stands, back in March of this year, he said, I'm so proud of the president standing up in front of the media, accusing him of creating a stigma by calling it the Chinese coronavirus. You know what created a stigma for China? You know what did? By maybe, maybe even manufacturing this in a bioweapons facility in Wuhan, or maybe it's their eating habits where they suck the blood out of bats and eat the ass out of anteaters. So this is the communication director for the CDC who said this back in March to begin with. But this weekend, he went, I guess he does these Facebook Live videos on occasion. Mm-hmm. And this weekend, he went on a Facebook Live video saying mm-hmm. that um, career government scientists are guilty of sedition in the response to the coronavirus and claiming without evidence that a critical federal health agency has a resistance unit against President Trump. He says that, that, um, let's see, a bunch of conspiracy theories. At one point he says uh, Trump will win re-election, but his Democratic opponent, Joe Biden, will not concede which Caputo claimed would lead to political violence. And when Donald Trump refuses to stand down at the inauguration, the shooting will begin. He said, according yeah. to a newspaper, he said, the drills that you've seen are nothing. If you carry guns, buy ammunition, ladies and gentlemen, because it's going to be hard to get. This is the communications director for the CDC saying this shit on live Facebook. What the hell are we doing with this guy? That he still has a job. I, I mean, I, I see. I, I just read that the top House Democrats uh, have launched an invest- investigation, but you know, who knows where that's going to go? You know, as as many of them do. What is there to investigate? Um, I mean, the guy said exactly. it on live video. The words that you don't have anything out. to investigate. Fire his ass and get him off of the communication director. For the CDC, I mean, just the guidelines alone, social media guidelines for federal governments are pretty tight on what you can and can't say. Isn't that how that Peter Strzok guy got fired from the yeah. FBI for texting love things to his girl he was having an affair with or whatever? Mm-hmm. So, And this guy's allowed to go on a Facebook live stream and say that uh, get ready to carry your guns and ammunition, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to get hard and the shooting will begin if on the inauguration when Trump wins and the Democrats refuse to believe it, I mean, I think it's the opposite is going to happen. I think if he loses, that's when yeah. the Trump people are going to get a little. Oh, absolutely. In my personal opinion. Another thing, this one, he said, uh, uh, the, in reference to the career scientists, haven't gotten out of their sweatpants except for meetings at coffee shops to plot how they're going to attack Donald Trump. Really? I mean, right. There are scientists who work for this government who do not who do not want America to get well. Not until after Joe Biden is president. Uh, yeah, they they're not but, doing anything right now to try to help with the cures and try to help people get rid of Corona. They're just going out to coffee to overthrow Trump. That's it. 
Yeah. I believe that. Entire, the, <laughs> the entire world. We're all on the same page. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty ticked I haven't gotten my check, my Soros check yet. I, I could really I know, really. I mean, I'm willing to say whatever Soros wants me to say, and I never get a check, damn it. What's up with that? <laughs> I mean, at least, a, you know, a Starbucks coupon or a gift card or something. I could be bought. I'm not cheap, but I could probably be bought. What the heck? Send me some of that. You could be bought. In, They're always talking about. You could be bought in coffee. I know you could. <laughs> well, that's true. I am a kind of a coffee slut. That is true. I'm cutting a lot. I don't coffee. know what I had my coffee earlier, by the way, but I'm swearing like a sailor this afternoon. I may have I to like uh, up the ratings when I put this out on iHeartRadio later. But yeah. So anyway. Uh-oh. This Michael Caputo guy is just a bonehead that we have working for the CDC. Somehow, I don't know, is uh, able to spout all this stuff on his private Facebook page and still have a job today when this all happened yesterday. So I think that's very, very interesting. Uh, let's see how this plays out until the end of the week. I just, I, I, that can't be swept under the rug. That clearly can't be swept, swept under the rug. You know, even, I would think yeah. not. Right. So do you uh, – I did not know this. This is – where am I? There we are. Um, I just read this before I started speaking to you uh, in Forbes that Maine will be the first ever state to use ranked choice voting for an election. Read that. I've heard about it. I didn't know that they were the first. I know there's only one or two that does it. I guess if they're the first and no one else is doing it, I thought there was one or two maybe. But I did not know oh. which state it was. I think it's an interesting Maine. concept. I don't know if I believe it or not. What do you think about yeah. it? Um, well, let me. I, I'll relay the the key facts that uh, that they laid out here of how it works for anybody who's uh, not too familiar. And I wasn't really familiar, so I'm just repeating what I read. Uh, so, uh, first bullet point is voters will now be able to rank all five presidential candidates that will appear on the ballot uh, there in terms of preference which will include uh, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Libertarian Joe Jorgensen, uh, the Green Party Howard Hawkins, and Rocky De La Fuente of the Alliance Party, whatever the hell that is. Um, next point, uh, the system will also be in place in the U.S. Senate race, where incumbent Republican Susan Collins faces Sarah Gideon, uh, along with two other candidates. Uh, the system is also called instant runoff voting, because it only goes into effect if one candidate isn't the top pick uh, on more than 50% of the ballot. So if no candidate receives more than 50%, then the lowest-ranking candidate in the first round is eliminated, and voters' second choices are then counted uh, as votes on later rounds of ballots. So ba-ba-ba and so on and so forth. Um, Yeah, they say it's supposed to be a fair system. I just don't – I guess it sounds like it in theory. I would have to kind of see how the numbers mm-hmm. play out, but it is yeah. it is kind of wild. So basically they say it is a fairer system because um, people have a chance to, they're not throwing away a vote. It's always said that a third, a vote yeah. for a third party candidates, a throwaway vote, I guess. And yeah. their argument is that if the person that wins doesn't get over 50%, then mm-hmm. the person they asked for second would be there. They presume that one of these top tier would be their second choice. This way people can vote. Yeah. Let's say you're a Green Party candidate. 
you could vote yeah. for a Green Party candidate for first choice, and if no winner gets fifty percent, then your vote could be then you could vote for your quote unquote lesser of two evils or whatever and vote for one of yeah. the main tier candidates or whichever way you want to do it. So I do understand the logic behind it. Um, I don't know if it's ever, like I said, fully been done before and how it's played out and if it's changed any election results. But it's an interesting concept, I think. I don't know. What do you think? Well, they do give an an example here. and uh, It says uh, that that can make a difference in this year's election in Maine after Democrat Hillary Clinton won the state by fewer than three percentage points in 2016, while more than 7% of the voters picked a third-party candidate. So – Again, in in theory, it seems like yes, this will work. But like you said, uh, who's who's to say until you see see it in action? Right. Yeah, I mean, I understand the concept. The concept is to give third and fourth third party people that aren't the two main parties a shot at least uh, at least letting you vote put the vote out without throwing your vote away. And I understand that because if like yeah. if I if I truly didn't like either of the first the two candidates from the main party and I but I um but I want I'd rather have the Democrat over the Republican or vice versa, then I could vote mm-hmm. for my first choice and if that guy wasn't a good enough candidate to get fifty percent of the vote, then I would give um my vote to him if my guy didn't win. So I can understand it. And it eliminates one person each time, so yeah, it makes sense to um, me. I understand the theory behind it, but I'd like to see it happen in practice. Exactly. Um, have you ever heard of the Alliance Party? That that was very new to me. <laughs> I read the read no. twice. Yeah. Well, they, okay. the People's Party now. Did you hear about the People's Party? Oh no. I'm going to have to do a whole bunch of reading later. They have their own convention at the end of August after the other two parties have theirs. It's basically mm-hmm. being formed by two ex-Bernie people, uh, Nina Turner, who was one of Here his regional can- and Cornell West. They mm-hmm. started this People's Party. Now, supposedly, they want it for next election cycle. Why they decided to have a convention this election cycle, I don't know. They're just trying to stir up the yeah. pot. But uh, they want to have the People's Party that's not beholden. And, you know, I understand it that the two-party system is not a the best system, believe me. And I understand mm-hmm. that you want to have a chance for things. But by creating another party, so now all of a sudden we have the one you said that starts with an A and the Green Party and the Independent Party and the – how many parties can you have that split the vote and no one's ever going to win from one of those well, parties? So, well, you know, the, uh, right, it's dire circumstances right now. You know, I get the idea that that a two-party system, do, you know, doesn't isn't effective and needs to be changed. But we are at a place in history where this it, it, it is dire right now, and you know, any sort of uh, op- optimistic, progressive, you know, uh, glitter and and butterflies and rainbows idea of how things should be are irrelevant right now. Yeah, right. democracy is dying. No, no, no amount of you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth parties in this election are going to do anything but, but make it worse. So you know, right. 
Oh, that reminds me, too. It kind of brings me up to my segment that I only use on occasion, Is Rush Limbaugh Dead Yet? Uh, Listening to Rush Limbaugh today on my drive around town. I I heard him today live, so unless something happens since Uh, noon, I don't know. But anyway, um, in my recurring segment, Is Rush Limbaugh Dead Yet? Or at least his philosophies. uh, He was saying today that, and I don't think he understands when he makes stupid points, but his point was today, you realize it was only 19 years ago, everybody was wearing flags for our fire and for our police and for everything because of 9-11 was 19 years ago this past Friday. And I said, yeah, you know what? We were still doing that probably five years ago. What's happened in the last couple of years where we're not doing that anymore and against our police? It's uh, a lot to do with the guy that's in office right now. So the guy makes a point mm-hmm. without even knowing he's making a point that whatever happened to where us all wearing flags 19 years ago is only 19 years ago. It's yep. And out of those 19 years, we had a Republican in office, 12 of them and a Democrat for seven or whatever, 11, yeah. seven, whatever it happens to be. So, uh, um, yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, that is the, the the difference of what's going on now. I I don't understand if people don't get the uh, how much you know a leader's words, actions, and everything that that he puts out to the public, how much it matters. You know, even beyond policy or or doing anything act, actively governing. You know, how much words matter. How much you know just every tweet how how you know how every little tweet of of anger and venom how much that affects people you know some of us can remain subjective about it all but you know there are millions of people in this country who look to a president and the minute he says you know he, you know he's sort of the president is the 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 biggest PR position in the in the damn country in the damn world. That's what it basically is. Yes, he has right. you know they have to govern and, and make decisions, but it is basically PR. You are the face. You are the representative, the highest representative of the United States of America. And so, what you say, what you put out there, matters to you know your the 350 million people living here. You know, it affects. You know, it, it affects the future. It affects the youth. It affects, you know. So anyway, before I, I went. No, on I more think that's one hundred percent right. Your president is the de facto conscience of the nation, right? So mm-hmm. what he says is where the consciousness of the of the nation feels. So when you have mm-hmm. someone at the top, the de facto leader, calling people names, making up silly names, disrupting different events, saying that things are a hoax, mm-hmm. um, not wearing a mask when you know when you know something spread by airborne, by mm-hmm. mimicking bad behaviors. I mean, that comes from the top. That's modeled behavior. We model our behavior after our leaders, right? So we want Absolutely. to probably have leaders that model good things. Um, and mm-hmm. nobody's perfect. Everyone's going to model some That's- things that are bad. But the president you expect a little more from. And Absolutely. he is that's, not that's the job. at all. You know, you, you swore an oath 
to a to a constitution, and the constitution is in place to to you know keep this 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 thing running properly. So if you're not upholding that oath to that thing that's keeping this running, then that the thing that is not going to run right. It's going to break down, and that's what's happening now. We need somebody who's willing to take that oath and keep it running properly. Exactly. And that's the whole thing. I don't care if Joe Biden never leaves the White House. I just want to have a calming influence in there, someone I can trust when he speaks. He's not going to put down a whole group of people. I mean, I don't care if he – he doesn't ever have to leave the White House. He can send all his aides, his secretaries, his cabinet to do whatever he wants them to do um, as long as he does it with a fair and even hand and speaks in a quality tone that doesn't demean anybody. That's all I expect from a president. I don't care I mean, what they're how, doing, right? How do you think it affects, you know, all of those uh, those young, those young men out there, not even teenagers, you know, adolescents, or or you know, any one of them that's old enough to hear and see what the president says, you know, I think it affects all these young boys to hear how he speaks of women constantly, you know, how he labels uh, people of of great position, you know, little catchy names for the Speaker of the House, you know, catchy names for. People that he should give some sort of public respect to. Now, how do you think that affects right. the future of America when, when you know, all these little boys are saying, oh, if the president doesn't have to, you know, speak with respect towards women, why the fuck should I? Oops, there we go. Why should I have to? <laughs> Bleep. There we oh. go. I like yeah. it. <laughs> That's fine. So. No, exactly. And that goes with every little thing, right? I mean, if you're. If you're shouting from the rooftops that they're coming to take away your guns, what are you going to do? You're going to stockpile your guns, and if you see anyone fishy coming to your house, you're going to have your gun held out, right? And it doesn't take yep. much to fire a weapon. I mean, you're because creating this tinderbox where everyone is on pins and needles, and the smallest little thing can set someone off where you can have tragedy happening to... in a microsecond. Yeah, you're supposed to be able to trust that what your what comes out of your president's mouth is you know basically the truth, you know that's not meant to hurt and divide and you know get us killed, um, let alone right. tweet fifty times a day about you know how democratic cities are, are burning shitholes and and you know it's not even the, the little lies it's these huge blatant lies you know, right. that you don't expect from anyone let alone a president. Well, and it just creates this entire group of people. I mean, take the, the sheriff right by you. We got two sheriffs ambushed mm-hmm. in downtown L.A. this weekend, right? And supposedly the bystanders around, this was in a mostly black area, were whooping and shouting and, and happy about it. That's really yeah, there's the, stupid, bad okay, behavior, all, right? Go ahead. But first of all, there, there's 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 misinformation there that I know for I know for a fact, I'm, and I know a lot of people in LAPD, and so the whooping and the cheering, there, there's no evidence of that actually happening. You know, the "let them die" was heard once in the crowd, apparently, and then exaggerated. So that's not happening. And I need also need people out there to know that yes, they were in Compton, and not that it should have happened, but it's also a very high. 
uh, uh, concentrated gang area. So this isn't a Black Lives Matter thing. This isn't any of that. Um, I can almost guarantee you, it hasn't come out yet, that it was some sort of gang initiation, um, et cetera. To which I say that $100,000 award they are offering to, uh, for information about the person, um, maybe that money should have been put into programs that would have prevented this in the first place. So, Right. That's all I have to well, say about like that. Well, like I said, I mean, we can't, we can't condone any of this violence. Thing is, there's no, people out there that are, that are causing um, chaos that shouldn't be. I mean, in my, yeah, so in my area, gang, last obviously week, gang violence that's not been not been addressed. I mean, this isn't. We, we do need to it, it separate the story from you know protest and Black Lives Matter because I see how it's like being pushed together. You know, this is this is gang violence. Exactly. Is uh, uh, another pro. Yes, it's another problem, but not unlike gang violence around the country, around the world. You know, this is a different thing from you know. Black Lives Matter and, and those protests. Completely different right. things. So I just want everybody I mean, I out would there to, love to know to that. See, I would love to see um, Black Lives Matter leaders denounce the violence, um, the, the, the blatant violence. gang violence? I mean, that's not their, their responsibility. I mean, no, I'm talking, about the, I'm talking about violence in general. Um, no, not oh. any particular violence, but just violence in general. That that's not what they're about, because they're. I mean, it is mostly pre- peaceful protest, but there are some people that are taking advantage of it, and are just causing havoc for havoc's sake, and it's but making say, the entire movement look bad. But but a good percentage. Okay, so you know there were the figures that put out that ninety three percent of those protests saw no violence. So seven percent, right. a very exactly. small percentage, saw violence. Now, how much of exactly. those the violence within that seven percent are agitators? People, not even Black Lives Matter, not protesters, just people oh, probably who come they in all are. Yeah, specifically. They probably all are. Yeah. Exactly. So for Black Lives Matter to say we don't condone violence, I think that's an admission of the violence is coming from us, right? So if they apologize for something they have nothing to do with. You know, no, you I don't. I would there? never apologize. They have nothing to apologize for. But the, I, well, I, I mean, think they should say they, they need to say we are here peacefully saying what our issues are. And we are not by these people that are causing our movement is not the ones that are setting fire to this and doing this. This is not us. That is wrong. We are here to make points X, Y and Z. I think they can what, say friend? that. I've not heard they're that. already protesting against those people. Those are the people they're protesting against. You know, I, 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 you see what I'm saying? It's these agitators are part of the problem. They, of, you know, the reason why they're protesting, you know, black, you know, violence against black people. That's what they're protesting. So I don't understand why they have to condemn something they're already condemning. Right, because but the I, agitators are are part of, you know. Maybe I'm not making myself clear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I it's probably the same for both of us here. But I think, like I said, I I don't think they need to. When you're, when you're saying that you're part, you're looking for change. You're not looking for violence. That's that's one thing, right? 
I mean, you're you're not, but you're talking about violence in general. Like, I'm from Northeast area, so Pittsburgh's right around the corner, right? Pittsburgh is where a group of these agitators came out of this uh, yeah. Black Lives Matter um, march that was going down the street and harassing people eating in an outdoor restaurant and actually drank out of the water and threw their food on the floor. Now, A, you don't know what these people said to them first. B, it doesn't matter because these people doesn't necessarily mean these people were part of that march. They were walking along with the march and they decided to do some of these people. That's when I'm saying we could say, that's not what we're here to do. We're not here to bug anyone else. We're here to make our voices as one of what we are looking for, which is equality and not to be shot when we're uh, pulled over. I mean, I, I think that stuff can be said by everybody. But I think, I think, I think that's, that's, that. that's, that's already implied, right? Because whether those so, – okay, for example, you, you have an agitator who, you know, a, if you have a protest, you have an agitator with a sign by, the, you know, the side of the road of the protest saying, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter is blah, 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 blah. So that protest is in opposition to that person with the sign, right? That's why the protest right. exists because you have these racist people. Now – Take that same person with the sign, let's, let's just slip them in as an agitator, right? So that protest is already there in the, it, it, against either a person with a sign or the person who's going to go break a window, right? So they're already protesting. They're already saying this is why we're not, we're not here. We're here pro- peacefully, blah, blah, blah. So I, I feel like that's sort of double dipping. You're making them sort of uh, – uh, denounce violence twice well one is violence against them as a people i think and one is violence against acts against other people and property that's just the way I, I, I just i don't believe that you should make them apologists for for behavior that has nothing to do with them i'm not saying apologizing, just trying... making it clear that that's not what they're about but no I, one, I think if that's I, implied I don't think but they you need to do more to. than imply. You need implied. to say it. You need to say it. Implying doesn't mean anything. Implying can be interpreted 15 different ways, right? Unless you but actually I, say it. I'm saying how, it's implied by virtue of just being a protest against violence. It's a protest against violence. I'm saying that's implied for any, you know, for any who wants to see a protest against violence. It's already against violence. See what I'm saying? Right. It's just redundant for them to come out and say, there you go. It's redundant for them to come out and say, we're against this violence. They're already doing that. That's what we're already protesting. I, I know exactly so, what you're so, saying, but it's, uh, so. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to, <laughs> how to say it. Well, I, I think I understand what you're saying, but the two violences are different. One is violence against a per- people, and one is violence against, I don't know, some are against people too, some are against property. It's just, I think they're two different things. I think one, one is, uh, one is one, the protest is against lives, right? Lives being lost. It's not against property and stuff like that. It's against lives being lost needlessly, due to reckless actions of the police and others, right? To systemic racism in certain things. 
that's what it's about. It's not about property. So I don't think everyone needs to do it, but the leaders say we don't. We're not doing this. I mean, I don't. I haven't heard any Black Lives Matter leaders say that we're not part of the of violence or the looting or the fires. Maybe I'm wrong. Has someone said that from Black Lives Matter? But have but, I missed that? But Black, but Black Lives Matter is not. I mean, you're, you're treating it as this this sort of this this uh, this structure, this business that has to release some sort of general statement. No, Black Lives Matter, yet while, while, uh, while the protests have been branded that way, you know, there isn't some central office that needs to come up and say, hey, this isn't us. Well, uh, you know? actually, yeah, uh, you're right. I mean, like I said, not everyone needs to do it in every place, but there is a Black Lives Matter group, right? They have a website that there's people that are, there is a structure involved in Black Lives Matter. Not every group is from the, the quote-unquote Lives Matter chain of command, however you want to call it. But there is people that run kind of a website and kind of run what, what the basic idea is, right? Or am I wrong on that? Maybe I'm wrong on that. Oh, I, 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 yeah, there, there, there are websites, of course. You know, everything's going to have its, uh, uh, you know, little – I mean, if I was marching and, and I, you know, I wanted to get people there – yeah, I would create my own little thing. So yeah, but it's not. It's, uh, it, I just feel like the way I hear it, the way the the way you're putting it, is that it's some sort of centralized stru- government structure, you know, that needs to put out right. uh, 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 a press release saying that. I mean, so so one group who has a website puts it out, but okay, is that representative of everyone? Will know because it's not. A central thing. It's just a bunch of people coming together and say, "Don't fucking kill me." <laughs> no, right. I understand that in general. I was I was talking more of the structural part. You're right. I think we're talking two different yeah. things because, like, like I said, there's a BlackLivesMatter.com founders Alicia Garza, Patrice Colas, Opal Tomei, founded July 13, 2013. Right. There is a Black Lives Matter group. I'm just saying okay, I don't see that. those. Yeah, can I can I ask you this? So you know, m- m- many and I, most agitators out there, right, you know, doing our our anti Black Lives Matter people, our anti let's stop the violence uh, against Black people. They're against that. That's what these agitators are. So right, can you imagine being a, a, a Black person and part out there pleading for you know, please don't kill me to have to also give a release saying. Oh well. Also, we don't. That's not us. Those those agitators. Those uh, uh, racists. Well, that's not us either. You see what I'm saying? You're you're having them right. say that they are not this thing that they are protesting against. I guess. I I just I just <laughs> I just don't understand. I mean, not everyone. You're not. I understand that people are doing this out of like when I, I've been to a couple of protests and I'm not, I'm not officially a black lives matter, but I believe in black lives matter. Right. Cause I've been to protests here in Youngstown. I've been to it in Pittsburgh, been to Cleveland uh, over the past four months. So, and, and I haven't gone to any, but I just, as you said, there's people that are saying there's going to be a gathering here and I go, I am not official black lives matter, but, I just think that any type 
anytime there's type of organization, I think there can be spokespeople to talk about what the group stands for because it's being labeled by other people trying to establish for them. I think someone should speak up for the organization, right? Because um, people are saying, um, I'm talking just these commentators, whatever, saying that Black Lives Matter is like, no, we're not. This is not what Black Lives Matter is. There's individual groups. We have agitators going, that's all they would have to say. I'm looking just for someone to condemn the violence. I would love to see that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, okay. I, I I agree. I would love to see something like that. But, I mean, what's the point when you have a president of the United States that's encouraging it? That's, uh, really that's the other side, 100%. Pick up guns. Exactly. So exactly. Why, why would they even get up there and, and, and make try to make a statement like that when, you know, the president of the United States is tweeting – Constantly, you know, right. shoot them up, basically. So yeah. I think you know it's making them apologists for something they shouldn't have to at this at this point in time. Right. Well, yeah, like I said, and like you said, there's nothing. This is not their doing. These are agitators and outside people that are causing these problems. But exactly. it's being put on the movement as a whole. So if I was one of the organizers, the I would be the, the one States. saying. I, I would say at every mountaintop that this is not us. This is outside. This is A, B, C, D doing this. Don't paint me with this brush. So that's that's yeah. what I was meaning. But you're right. It's 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 difficult. And to then do yeah, the president have, the president right, negates the president, that with one tweet. <laughs> yeah. One, one like ten character tweet and and pointless. Exactly. So because we have anyway. a doofus in chief. Mm-hmm. Bless his heart. Oh, I tell you. All right. Well, we only have about one story left. Any one story you really want to get out there before we end? Um, no. I wanted. There was something about. Uh, there was a exit poll for uh, Latin voters, but I think that might take up more than a minute or so. Because I have a few things I want to say about that. Yeah. Right now, Trump is doing better with Latin voters than Biden in Florida. I know he's having yeah. a campaign stop today for Latinos in Arizona. Um, it's interesting that he's doing it. Um, from what I understand, the reasoning behind a lot of, especially Florida, is it's mostly mm-hmm. the Cuban people. They're resonating with the socialists because they come from socialist Cuba. They had to flee socialist Cuba. So those kind of buzzwords are kind of triggering for them, from what I understand. What it's like across the country, I don't know for Latinos in general. But he is having another Uh, rally today in Arizona with no social distancing and no masks with all Latins, which is very sad. Um, So I I just make it this quick. Uh, USA Today was a Latin writer. He wanted to uh, uh, try to figure out, hey, why is this happening? And, you know, he spoke to to some Mexican-Americans. And and what he got in the story was that, you know, a lot of Mexican-Americans or Latin-Americans don't identify culture or with the, you know, from which they came. Like they're doing Mm. fine. So that's that's a whole nother thing. And he gotcha. says, I'll just quote him in this in the story. He says, I get it. He says, I also recognize a familiar song when I hear one. Other ethnic groups know this one by heart. The Irish, Italians, Jews all have people in their community who don't identify with their heritage or think they're better than the others in their tribe, but they're really just better off. Um, oh, good yeah. point. So, I like that. That's a good story. Yeah. 
So, I mean, right. uh, some now some – anyway, I'll continue that later. All right, we'll jump into that on Wednesday because I think that's a good topic to talk about because it's very interesting. That's for sure, especially with this little Latin rally today and see what no one's wearing masks and how many people show up to that. It looks like a pretty big crowd already. All right, we'll finish it up. Michael, let everyone know where they can find you on social, my friend. Uh, Michael Vega, check me out on IMDb, Facebook, and Instagram, and Twitter is Michael Vega Act, Michael Vega underscore ACT. There you go. And I'm at left of straight at L-E-F-T-O-F-S-T-R and the number eight on Instagram and Twitter. Scott Fullerton on Facebook. We're going to play out with a little so much better by Levi Christ. Stay tuned for left of straight show. We are back this week. Uh, Listen to the last hundred days podcast. We'll be here all week long, five o'clock Pacific, eight o'clock Eastern right here on left of straight radio network. Cosmological ecstasy Get a hold of me